Welcome, bakers, to another episode of Positive Profit. Thank you so much for joining me. We're in episode two, and I'm excited. I'm excited to be back here again. My name is Kara Brothers. I will be your host for this episode and for the whole show because it's my show. (laughs) It's kind of fun. Today, we're diving into the exciting world of dog treats, and we're going to look at five reasons why dog treats are in demand and why now is a great time to start an at-home dog bakery. Welcome to the Positive Profit Podcast. I'm Kara Brothers, dog treat business owner and collector of way too many cute cookie cutters. Do you love to bake treats for your dog and think about starting or growing your own home-based dog treat business, but you're unclear about how to do all the things to make it successful? Sister, I've been there and we've got this. If you want to step into your potential and turn your passion into profit, listen and learn with the other bakers in the pack to get clarity and confidence to bake dog treats from home, make money, and of course, pet all the dogs while you're at it. Give your dog a treat, grab one for yourself, and join our brigade of positive profiteers and let's dig into the episode. If you've been thinking about it, not sure about it, maybe you just make treats for your own dogs right now. Dog treats are where it's at. I'm going to tell you why. But before I do, first thing, look, you guys, I have a set behind me for everyone in YouTube land. Also, I got a thumbs up. That's weird. This is my first crack at a little set. If you guys want me to explain what's over there, I will do it. My very favorite thing over there, by the way, I'm pointing to it, is a pink neon paw. It is so cool. This pink neon paw I got from Sheen Shine. I'm not sure how to say that word. The big online shopping store. It was so cheap too. I think it was like $9.99. And the cool thing about it is it's got a little on off switch. It's USB. And I can plug it into my portable battery pack and take it with me to markets, to shows. I set it up, plugs right in here. And this thing glows like there's no tomorrow. It's so bright. Oh my gosh. So if you're like, hey, I'm struggling for light when it gets dark in my markets, right? I mean, in your tent, if you're at a market, totally valid concern. This light isn't going to light up your whole tent, but this light will make people flock to you. It's different. Anyway, that's my favorite part. And again, if you guys want me to explain what I have over there, I would absolutely love to. It's stuff for my dog treat business. And on top, I also have a calendar, an advent calendar. We'll talk more about that later. Well, before we get into it, if you have a question for me, like, hey, what's on your set? What's going on over there? Or maybe you want to know something about starting a dog treat business. I would love to hear from you. I really would. I'd love to hear your question and I would love to answer it in the show. Yep. Head over to my website, positiveprofit.com. Click on the podcast tab and go down to the orange button that says send Kara a message. I will get a little private voicemail just from you, just to me. I'll listen to your question and I would love to be able to read it on the air. So if I've helped you in some way, maybe you have a little testimony for me, something you've gotten out of one of my shows or maybe in one of my groups, or you just want to ask a question, send them on over guys. Love to hear from you. All right. Cannot wait. So you guys, dog treat owners are looking for not your basic milk bone anymore. They're reaching farther to be able to treat their furry friend, just like they treat themselves, right? 
We all love homemade stuff and fun and personalized stuff. Let's face it, you guys, our pets, our dogs, they're our family. I know mine is. My dog is named Chibi and I have grown kids. They're out of the house. Chibi is my little corgi mix. She's so cute. Right now she's not feeling too well. So she's laying down on the couch. She's my entire world, like your dogs are too. And pet owners are looking for something that is unique and top-notch. And homemade dog bakeries have that way to add the personal touch, choose your own ingredients. I mean, list. I'm going to tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it right now. All right, here we go. One of the top reasons is pet owners are increasingly seeking treats that are made with organic and natural ingredients. There is a growing awareness in pet nutrition just like there is for our own bodies. We're concerned about what we eat and we're concerned about what our pets eat because we want them to live long lives. We want them to live forever, right? And so there's a demand for treats that are free from artificial additives and preservatives. While I don't use organic ingredients specifically, I mean, if my budget allows, I'll go for an organic ingredient. For me personally, what I always do is make sure that the ingredients I use are all natural. That is such a buzzword these days too. So let me explain what I mean by all natural because you you can't just say all natural. I mean, you need to be able to back it up. What I mean by all natural for my treats is they are preservative free. It's easy to do. So easy to do as a dog baker because if you just make sure you bake your treat the right way, that's gonna help remove moisture. Moisture equals mold. So bake it appropriately, stick those baked treats into the dehydrator to further extract the moisture from the treat. And what that does is it helps extend the shelf life of that treat even farther, totally naturally, okay? There's also ingredients you can use that are antimicrobial in nature, and that can also help as well. So first of all, all natural, for me, it means no preservatives. We just talked about it. You can totally do it. Easy to achieve. Second thing is artificial additives. I'm not putting fake stuff in my treats, guys. It's all stuff you can pronounce. In fact, it's probably all stuff that you have in your kitchen, save for a couple of ingredients. It's stuff that you'd bake with. And that's what I tell my customers. This is mostly stuff you'd you'd have at home right now. And you can pronounce every ingredient, which is pretty cool. No artificial color. Now, I know a lot of bakers use artificial color. I personally don't because I want to be able to say my treat is all natural and using, you know, red 70 or blue lake 115. I don't know what those are, but you know, I'm talking about fully fake, fully artificial. In my opinion, there is no need to use those because you can achieve really amazing colors with fruits and veggie powders. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's true. There is a rainbow of color waiting out there for you. It's all natural, comes from nature. People have been doing this for a thousand million years. You can too. I can't wait to get into episodes where we make the the perfect shade of all natural red or different shades of all natural green and how to incorporate those in icings and what to look for. Anyway, oh my gosh, you guys. I'm so excited with all the stuff I have to share with you. Anyway, pet parents are also looking for grain-free and limited ingredient treats. So grain-free and and limited ingredients, that just reflects a broader trend in pet nutrition. And those things are gaining popularity, um, especially grain-free. When I first started out, I didn't offer grain-free. 
I didn't offer gluten-free. I just wanted to make peanut butter treats because that, that's really the recipe I knew. And I made it a ton of different ways. I also offered other things too, but my crunchy treats were primarily peanut butter and made with wheat flour. But as I grew and developed as a dog treat artist, let's just say that. Okay, that sounds fun. As I developed my skills as a dog treat artist, I discovered that I played around with some different gluten-free flour blends. And it was funny because one day I'm like, okay, I'm going to start doing some gluten-free treats. All of a sudden people are asking, hey, do you have, you know, do you have gluten-free treats? Well, yes, I do. And I started out with a gluten-free blueberry bone. I used the gluten-free flour blend that I developed for gluten-free blueberry bones and gluten-free strawberry Pop-Tarts. You guys, the gluten-free blueberry bone, it had such an amazing color, all from nature. I used fresh blueberries. That was the only moisture in that product. It has the, just a gorgeous shade of purple. And then the strawberry Pop-Tarts, they were only with strawberries. That was the only moisture. And the strawberry Pop-Tarts had the most beautiful shade of ballerina pink. Those were my main gluten-free treats that I offered. Well, as time went on and I went to more markets, more and more customers started asking me for grain-free treats. And I thought, grain-free? Wow, I just leveled up my game with gluten-free. Well, grain-free took some experimentation to be able to find a recipe that didn't crumble and, and one that really stamped well, because I really like to use cookie stamps and getting a good impression is important to me because that is the purpose of the stamp. I can cut anything out with a bone cookie cutter, let's just say. But when you use a stamp, you're adding all that detail. And oftentimes, the surface of the cookie on a wheat flour, it didn't lend itself to having those crisp, clear details. Needless to say, my grain-free flour of choice, what I use, is chickpea flour. A lot of people use oat, and I've tried oat. But I have a recipe, an amazing recipe. It has a few more steps than than I had anticipated, but the end result is absolutely spectacular. It's so cool to get a, a beautiful looking cookie and say, oh, by the way, it's grain free. You know, it's like just a, a super, a super win-win. Another reason why dog treats are in high demand is because from grain free treats to the different kind of cookie cutters you guys can get and quirky shapes and personalized flavor the demand for homemade treats and unique treats is at an all-time high. Joining the homemade dog treat wave isn't just about baking. That's part of it, right? But the other part, which you'll find out, or if you have a business you already know, is about crafting a unique experience for the modern dog parent. And by a unique experience, I'm talking about subscription boxes for dogs. That's a unique experience, right? And that's something that home bakers can do. That model has now expanded to include treats and it's gaining popularity in the pet industry for sure. Home-based businesses are offering dog treats. They're offering monthly subscription boxes filled with a variety of their homemade treats. You can choose what you want to put in it, change it up every month. And some people even make their own bandanas or put leashes or fun collars, little toys and a, a subscription box is just a cool way for your customer to be able to sample all of your different treats and pamper their pup. And it also adds an element of surprise and convenience. That's a really fun thing to do to create that experience. Another way 
is a DIY baking kit. This sounds like so much fun. I haven't done a DIY baking kit per se, so I'll, I'll talk about it and then I'll tell you what my version was and also why I like this option so, so much. Some bakeries for dogs are offering the DIY dog treat baking kits and it provides customers with pre-measured ingredients, right? It takes all the guesswork out of what to put in it, how much to put in your dog treats. They don't have to worry about how do you make it because your instructions are already there. And it combines the joy of homemade dog treats with the convenience of prepackaged ingredients. It just takes the guesswork out of everything. And it's really easy to do. I mean, the same recipe you would be making and baking for your dog treats, you package up and put it in a box with some great labeling. It's really easy for the consumer to be able to take this prepackaged dog treat and make it anytime they want for their dogs. And it's fun to get the kids involved in something like that. Plus, it makes a great gift and it's a fun activity to get together with. DIY baking kit sounds like a great idea, not only for those reasons, but think about it, you guys. The same treats that you're making, think about this. You have to measure the ingredients anyway, right? So you're measuring your ingredients, you're making your dough, maybe your dough goes in the refrigerator. Then you've got to roll out this dough and we all know what rolling out's like. <laughs> not the best, not the most fun, but you got to do it, right? You're rolling out your treat. That takes time. Pressing your little cookie cutters, putting them on the baking sheet, putting them in the oven, baking them, cooling them, putting them in the dehydrator, cooling them again, getting your packaging, put your labels on your packaging, right? My, my whole point is there's a lot of steps you do as a baker to produce a treat to sell. This is something where once you measure the ingredients, put them in the bag and label it, you are done. I would think that this could be easy. As for me, I use craft stand-up resealable bags for my treats. You can see them over there in the white bags, okay? They've got the clear window. You can see the treat inside. I've got a label on the front with my business, my logo, and then a label on the bottom that tells you what kind of treat it is and how much it weighs on the back is the ingredient label, which contains the guaranteed analysis. It could be as simple as instead of putting baked treats in there, you put your mix. Your label on the back is the instructions on how to make it. And that's it. You're done. Boom. No baking, no rolling, no cutting, no dehydrating, none of that. So in my opinion, the DIY baking kit is a really cool model. You might want to check it out. Something I did, which was sort of a riff on a DIY baking model, I offered doggy dough. And doggy dough is, I just, I'm, I made my own dough to the point of rolling it, right? So I made the dough, I put it in clear jars with stickers. It looked so cool. And a twist top, it looked really, really neat. And the directions were roll it, cut it, bake it. So they can keep it in their freezer. They can keep it in their refrigerator and take it out and make it anytime they want to. You know, just like cookie dough that they have in the stores. It's just another way of doing it. It's just another sort of a little fun touch because, you know, my best sellers are bacon bites and cheese twists. And someone, you know, gets doggy dough that they can make bacon bites out of their, out of their mind. They're excited. They can't wait to make it for their dog. Anyway, moving on. So homemade dog treats, they offer a personal touch and a level of trust that commercial brands sometimes struggle to provide. And that makes sense. I mean, we've all heard about customer service going down the drain. You know, when mom and pop company gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and suddenly mom and pop have gotten so big that mom and pop are way up there 
and the customer is still down here, right? And there's a lot in the middle that, that gets lost in translation. Sometimes it is customer service. Sometimes it's being able to say, you know what? Your dog is allergic to chicken. I'm going to go make some special treats just for you. Mom and pop can't do that. So that's why, uh, that's another reason why dog treats, homemade dog treats are in demand because of that personal connection you can have with your customers that you'll get repeat business over and over and over again. And it is so much fun to see pet parents and their dogs, you know, coming in and you know them by name and they, they are coming. They came to that market just for you. That makes you feel amazing. Plus you get to pet all the dogs. This is the best business to be in. We're going to have to have another podcast on why this is the best business to be in. Customization and personalization. The trend towards personalized products extends to dog treats. You can personalize them just like you do for a happy birthday cake or something that you're going to make for your kid. You can do this with your customer's dog. When I made my very first dog cake, which I put off making for a long time because I was like, I'm scared to make a cake because there's more expectation involved with a cake, right? So I put it off for a long time, but I finally broke down because I had these pans. I bought the pans like weeks before, like just slowly trying to immerse myself in I'm going to make dog cakes, right? So I got these four inch rounds and finally someone at a market says, hey, my dog's birthday is coming up. Can you make a cake? Normally I'd say no, but I said, yes. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to dive in sometime. So he requested the colors of blue and green, and he wanted a forest and mountain scene. And I thought, wow, why didn't I, <laughs> why did I say yes? What have I, what have I gotten into? But I discovered that once I started making this cake, I got really excited about it. And, and about the way that was turning out and how I achieved my color choices and what I used for trees, which were upside down rosemary stems. They make the perfect pine tree. As I got into it and I came up with this finished product, it was gorgeous. And I thought to myself, well, number one, the dog doesn't care, right? The dog doesn't know, but the parent does. And the, we are making these treats for your customer because they want to treat their dog like family. And for, for them, this personalization is everything. So I had a really fun time giving the cake to the customer and his dog was there and they ended up sending me a video. I should show you this video sometime. It's so cute. It's my very first cake. Anyway, the personalization meant a lot. You can also personalize treats and customize them based on factors like a dog's size. So with the dog bone cookie cutter set I have, it goes from a six inch bone all the way down to an itty bitty like inch and a half bone for tiny whiny dogs. I've got everything in between. That's one of the first things I ask when a customer comes in. I say, well, what kind of dog do you have? You know, big, little? Oh, I love the customers that'll just boop. They'll show you a picture instantly on their phone, right? Because they're proud, happy pet parents like we all are. Being able to customize your treats, bigger ones for bigger dogs, smaller ones for smaller dogs. That's really huge. A lot of times I'll come in and, and I'll have people, they'll tell me right off the bat, I have a small dog. What do you have? Or I have a big dog. He eats everything, you know, and being able to have a little bit of a range of products to offer those customers is why they'll keep coming back to you. Also, another thing that we get to, which is great for customization is I have a senior dog. My dog is older. He has very little teeth or no teeth. What do you have that's soft? So 
that's another way you can personalize treats is offer soft options. And I went the way of trying out training treats that were soft with the molds. You know, I'm talking about the silicone molds. And for me, the the molds were a lot of work and I chose ultimately not to do them. So I decided to offer soft treats in other forms. I do a pastry case that is the center focal point of my business. This is the draw. This is the attraction. This is what people see who don't know me, why they come in. Because for a dog bakery, it's like, what? Dog treats? You know, they're thinking treats and bags. Okay, for sure, all day. But so once they see that pastry case, they're like, what is this? Dog treats in a pastry case? Yeah. And it's so fun because we've got doggy donuts in there. They're soft. We have mini doggy donuts. We've got bacon maple bars, squishy and soft. We've got pupcakes, brownies, all kinds of different things. So what I'm telling you is in our pastry case is where we carry those soft treats. No, I don't dehydrate those and they don't have a forever shelf life. They're just like if you would bake, you know, brownies or cinnamon rolls or whatnot at home. They don't last forever. They last, you know, three to five days, put them in your fridge. This kind of leads into the next thing, which is the humanization of specialty treats for dogs. And again, dogs are like family members and there's a real demand. This is my favorite part. There's a real demand for dog treats that mimic human food. And the reason I'm excited is because it's what I love to do the most. When when customers come into my shop and they say, oh my gosh, uh, this is for dogs? I thought it was for humans. You know, I'm like, oh, that's such a good compliment. Thank you so much. Or people will be in the middle of a transaction. I remember the very, for the very first time this happened, it was a guy that came in and our, we had just opened up for the Thursday night market, right? We were probably, I don't know, seven minutes into the opening of this market. And this guy comes in and, and he walks around a little bit and it didn't take him long to go right to the pastry case. So he's looking at the pastry case and, and he's ordering two cannoli, but I call them canine only. He missed the canine only spelling entirely. So he orders two cannoli and I'm, you know, we're filling his order, putting the stuff in the box, what, asking how he wants to pay. And I am just getting the feeling that he thinks these are human food. So it dawns on me, I should ask him, I, I should find out. And so I say, and what kind of dog do you have? And he goes, dog? And right there, and I go, huh? Oh, no, he doesn't know. What I would come to find out is this would keep happening. People would keep coming in trying to order things for themselves. But he said, dog? And I said, this is a bakery for dogs, sir. And he says, oh, I was wondering about your dog theme. <laughs> I, I just busted up laughing. It was so hilarious. I mean, in a nice way. He, he was quite embarrassed, and he left. But anyway, getting our treats to look like human treats is something I love doing. It's my jam. I absolutely love it. And it's a huge compliment when when people think that. Besides, you guys, all my dog wants to do is eat human food anyway. Another great reason why dog treats are in demand is because the experience that they have and that you have to connect together, connecting with your community, people are really proud about their town and buying local and interacting and networking with fellow vendors, with with local people in their town. And it's a way for you to connect with your community. You can connect with fellow pet lovers and, of course, your four-legged friends. And seeing a dog's tail wag for a treat that you made 
is completely priceless. That kind of community engagement is amazing. We have gotten to know so many amazing other vendors that I never would have met had it not been for this business or other customers with events that we have gone to. I never would have been at these events had it not been for what I do and being able to engage with my community and be there to support some really good causes for some events we've gone to. Going and participating in local markets and collaborating even with nearby dog businesses and engaging in those community events, it's important and it's a big opportunity for us as home dog treat makers. Another reason why dog treats are in demand is because of eco-friendly packaging. And there is a growing emphasis on sustainability in packaging and dog treat business owners don't have to be any different. Home-based dog bakeries are adapting eco-friendly packaging options such as biodegradable and recyclable materials to emphasize sustainability and communicating their commitment to responsible practices to appeal to environmentally conscious pet owners. Say that three times fast, you guys. Let's talk about packaging and biodegradable eco-friendly packaging, which is important. It just is. We want to do our best, you know, not to clog up our landfills. And does every little bit matter? Well, it does. It actually does. Chances are, if you offer everything in plastic only, you might get some customers that come in and they'll let you know about your packaging. Having some eco-friendly options, even if you start small, that's really the way to go. So behind me, I've got my bags. They're biodegradable. They're a, a craft bag that are gusseted on the bottom. They stand up, zipper top. The plastic zipper is not biodegradable. Neither is that little plastic window, but the rest of the bag is. I also use bento boxes up at the top right there where you can see underneath the corgi picture. Those are my strawberry pep tarts. It is a rectangular white paper bento box and it has a clear plastic lid. The white paper bento box portion on the bottom biodegradable, the lid is not. With your packaging options, you can go completely biodegradable. That is an option. They are more expensive, but there are options there for you to check out if you want to. I'm just saying it is something to consider for sure. Okay, another another reason why dog treats are hot and it's a great time to get into this business is the ability to have an online presence and e-commerce. And e-commerce is just selling online, okay? The digital landscape is absolutely crucial for reaching customers. Home-based dog treat businesses are leveraging social media platforms to sell, online marketplaces to sell, and dedicated e-commerce websites. That just means having a website with the ability to engage in a transaction on your website. It's a great way to showcase your products and connect with a broader audience. Because going to markets and going to events and selling in person, like boots on the ground, you're there, you're setting up, people are coming in, you're talking to them, buying treats. That is awesome. But it's also awesome, you know, to be able to sell online. You can get sales at 2 a.m. when you're sleeping. You know, if you have your phone on, you can hear the ding ding of the cash register, which is kind of fun, you know, depending on what app you use. I did Etsy and heard that. Shopify heard that. It's always exciting. I mean, having lunch with your girlfriends and you hear cha-ching. Being able to have different ways to sell is important. Social media is a big part of that too. There's also collaborator and influencer partnerships that you guys can explore as well. That is really fun. 
particularly with Instagram and TikTok. In my opinion, Instagram is just about essential for marketing. TikTok is coming up there as well. And home-based dog treat businesses are forming collaborations with other pet-related brands and pet influencers. And you can too. Being able to have that collaboration with something that is, maybe they're not a homemade dog treat baker, but maybe they are in the industry in some kind of way. That strategy really helps to expand your reach, gaining credibility and gaining their viewers and and their customers as well. Now they're going to see your product and vice versa. It's really complimentary and you can tap into those niche markets, which is really fun. So if you're ready to turn your passion into profit and have a thriving at-home dog treat business, I would invite you just to keep listening, keep coming back, listen to episodes, get this info. I'm going to be here working with you. We can do it together. Ask questions and let me know what kind of content you guys want to see. I'll be sharing tips on sourcing quality ingredients, creating irresistible recipes, and navigating the ins and outs of turning your kitchen into a canine bakery and making money. So I'll be here every week sharing with you, pouring into you, and I honestly can't wait. So I hope you found something useful about this episode. If you did, I would super, super appreciate it if you would leave me a review. If I've helped you, if you've gotten to know me, go to Apple Podcasts and search for my show, Positive Profit. I would love if you would leave me a review. That would just like make my day. Thank you so much. Again, if you guys have stories or tips or questions to share, or just want to tell me what treats you're currently working on, head over to my website, positiveprofit.com. That's positive with a P-A-W. While you're there, sign up for emails. I've got a free gift for you. It has been so fun sharing my passion for homemade dog treats with you and just hanging out with you. So I invite you back to listen to another episode. And until next time, keep the ovens warm and don't forget to treat yourself well, guys. Thanks. Happy baking. Hey, sis, one quick thing before you go. If this podcast episode helped or blessed you in some way, the number one way you can pay it forward is to head over to Apple Podcasts and search for my show, Positive Profit. Leave me a review and subscribe to the channel. Your heartfelt messages of gratitude impact me so much and bring me such massive joy. I would be so appreciative. Don't forget to join the free Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash start a dog treat business and send me your juicy questions at positiveprofit.com. I positively appreciate you and look forward to connecting with you again soon. Until then, don't forget to treat yourself well.